Ever notice how time seems to slip away when you're immersed in something extraordinary? Well, I'm glad you're still with us because we've been on an exhilarating journey over the past few months, engaging with incredible guests and grappling with the twists and turns of turbulent economic and political landscapes. As we speed towards the year's finale, the closing act of another season is upon us. It's almost surreal, isn't it? I find myself standing on the verge of the unknown, wondering if I'm truly prepared for what lies ahead. The big question is, are you ready to dive into the upcoming new chapter with us? Welcome to Unveiled GovCon Stories, where we explore the experiences and share the stories of small businesses and government contracting to spotlight the often sugar-coated or avoided discussions that speak to the reality of doing business within the U.S. public sector as a small business. On this episode, we are going to recap the second season of our inaugural year. You know the coming of the winter solstice marks the end of our second season here on Unveiled GovCon Stories, and the winter solstice has been celebrated by various cultures throughout history, symbolizing themes such as rebirth, renewal, and the return of the light. As days start to grow longer, Again, it is often seen as a time of hope and new beginnings, which is in perfect alignment with our discussion today. It is in perfect alignment. And again, we really want to start by thanking all of our listeners for joining us through this season. Um, and we hope that these conversations bring inspiration and hope or motivation or, if nothing else, some level of comfort to know that you're, you're not in this alone and that, you know, there are a lot of other small businesses that are, are trying to grow and navigate, as Sasha said, these, these challenging waters of government contracting. You know, there are very few podcasts that specifically focus on small businesses in the government contracting sector. By the numbers, not really a niche industry, but if you look at the, the, the volume of people, or the lack thereof, I should say, having conversations about what it takes to really sustain and grow in government contracting as a small business, there's the numbers don't don't really add up. I mean, the the math ain't math in us, as we sometimes <laughs> uh, sometimes say. We did some research, and I really couldn't find more than maybe ten or so podcasts. And so that's that's why we do this. We want to share our expertise, share our passion for the work that we do and the work that you all do. We hope to build a community, encourage collaboration as a community, talk about some of these topics that are, you know behind the scenes of what we're, I mean, that is really the inspiration even behind the title of the show. We want this to be educational as well. Many podcasts aim to educate and empower listeners, and we're, we're among them, hoping that, you know, we're able to improve the way you do business or the way you think about your business and the way you plan your growth. And it's fun. For us, this is partly personal fulfillment as well, just being able to be creative and work with our guests and, and listeners to build a, a repository of information that you can go back and reference, something that we hope is, is timeless as, as referenceable material for, for growing, scaling, starting, in some cases, your journey as a government contractor, consultant, small business owner. Yeah. And, you know, we've made quite a bit of a transition, even though this is our first full year of, of podcasting. We made a, quite a bit of transition from season one to season two. And season one, the purpose also was to to just get the concept out there. You know, we had conversations with several people when we were just thinking about doing this. And there was a lot of trepidation and hesitation about 
you know, the concept in itself. And so season one was a big part of that was just getting the concept out on the street so people could hear and understand like what we, what the intent was, you know, non-attribution. It's not about, you know, get back. It's not about revenge, no names of people, agencies, or companies. It's literally just sharing experiences of small businesses, what we really go through in the space so that others, you know, you don't feel so alone. And, and some of those other things that Yaz did talk about, another change that we had from season one to season two is we brought in government representatives. I think in season one, we focused really heavily on just the small businesses and even some of the vendors that are required, you know, to manage a small business and to execute and enact all the tasks and activities that occur in running and growing a business within the space. But we bought in a government representatives this time. We also expanded industry perspective. You know, we we we, we are myself and Yaz definitely heavy on the services industry side and I would say even technology. Would you say that, Yaz? Probably the tech services. Yeah, definitely the predominant uh, area of conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that because that's where we kind of grew up. And I mean, I have some a bit a little diversification with the intelligence side, and we didn't go deep off into to intelligence in these in the first two seasons, but we'll definitely segue that way later on. But we did bring in some different some different industry perspectives that we hadn't before. Another thing that we did is added our show notes. We didn't have that before. Uh, we were hoping to provide more information, but also uh, give the opportunity for listeners to be able to provide feedback. Um, so we have that feedback loop, as well as if you're interested in being a guest on the show, that form allows for you to, you know, submit a request to be a guest. And so lots of change. Tasha, I would add to that. I definitely cut you off. My bad. Um, (laughs) Other thing I would add to that is, if you didn't notice, kind of from the the list of things Tasha just mentioned, we're just trying to improve the podcast. I mean, and it's no no different than anything else we do in our careers. We're also learning and trying to improve and make sure that we provide the content as well as the scope of guests and topics that are meaningful to our audience and that we do it better, that we have more access, more platforms, um, more accessibility in mind. So suggestions and feedback are always appreciated, but we're, we're working to grow and improve and change and, and change with the time and the, the topics as well. So, you know, that's part of our mission to keep things current, keep things interesting as we continue to build content um, each season. Yeah. And as you said, changing with the times, just the kind of get into that recap of the of the episodes and stuff we had. Of course, we we started off with our season kickoff, you know, where we kind of gave you some key insights about the spring and then a sneak peek, a sneak peek in what was to come for the fall season. And then we segued over with our our first guest with Mr. Webb, Larry Webb, with Timing is Everything. And on that episode, we kind of dug into the 8A business development program and the timing and leveraging it and the tools that are available, all the concerns, because of course, you know, the lawsuit had transpired at that time and the program was on hold for a while. Now, of course, that that is not the case today. They've they've restarted processing applications and things of that nature, but the case is still open and there's still judgments to be made with regards to that. So you you can bet that there's more to come with that, but also how to leverage the resources from SBA 
in your government contracting journey was one of the things that we talked about within that episode. And I think another thing with that episode that I really enjoyed was how we not only talked about like the, the process piece, but the people portion. Uh, Larry did a very good job of speaking to not only how, you know, industry definitely was impacted by the case with the 8A program and how the demographic that the program is supposed to be, that the program was developed for to support basically is being attacked with this lawsuit. He also talked about how that impacts on the, the government side too, because a big part of their job is is dealing with people and, and servicing the clients, which are people. And so they also, the components of what was is required and is likely to be required for the AD program was quite traumatic for certain demographics. And it was also traumatic for the government. So I really enjoyed and appreciated him being transparent and open enough to speak to that on that, on that episode. We talked about rejection with Mr. Romeo Gardner, with Nilos. I mean, I, I don't know how you don't talk about rejection in GovCon. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, well, I, you know how we don't talk about it because no one wants to talk about being rejected. So yeah, that's exactly why we don't talk about it because it doesn't feel good. But it is it is part of the process. And you're supposed to trust the process. But who wants to be told to trust getting like kicked to the curb or someone telling you to basically kick rocks? That is it is inherently painful to listen to and endure. <laughs> and it was a great episode of kind of the comeback kid. So we appreciate you, Romeo, and also dropping some insight on you know, a lot of the aspects of security that you're working in as well in terms of business preparedness for. And we'll we'll dig into that more, but you know, on that episode specifically, and of your story of transition, as well as some some tips and tricks on the the cybersecurity side, and it dovetailed perfectly with our co-host only episode that talked about how change is basically you know inevitable, right, and being change tolerant. So, I think that that was a, a excellent episode that kind of brought together what we were talking about with Nilos on the rejection and how he how he pivoted to accommodate, to accommodate some of the things that he was hearing and adjusted and then also just learn that process and then what we talked about with the SBA with the 8A program and some of the other changes that had been happening it, it kind of culminated really well with our co-host episode that we had on the change tolerance and then we had another bright light come in with with director Calvin Mitchell with Department of Education's Small Business Office. Um, and on his episode, we discussed a couple of the foundational elements, technical credibility and target marketing with regards to how to get that first contract. And he got into even furthermore, you know, continuing to develop the branding and sustaining growth and within the GovCon space. And what what does that look like? And what does that take? And then right, right after Director Mitchell, we had, Ms. Nikki Rogers with the Bladen Group come in to tell us, you know, about her origin story. She's a, a a new a new entrant, a newer small business, and you know how people come into GovCon. There's there's a few different pathways, right? You know, you know, you can buy a business, buy your way in, whether that's through a direct purchase of a a friend, partner, or someone you don't know type of business. It could be a PE purchase, but often 
And historically, many businesses started with uh, consultancies, whether it's an individual or a group of people that were already in the space and had the opportunity to transition away from a role with contract opportunity as as consultants or a consultant. And this was part of Ms. Bladen's story. And uh, Ms. Rogers' story, story. I, I apologize for that, Nikki. I always mix up Nikki's company and her name. And Speaking of, of which, I have the same issue with uh, our next guest, which is Mr. Ronnie McGee, because the company name is R. McGee and Associates, and I call him R. McGee Architect. I think I botched it even on the show. So uh, while we're issuing apologies, I'll, I'll start there because I definitely <laughs> I mix that up all the time. Um, but an interesting juxtaposition because R. McGee and Associates, an architecture firm, has been in the industry for almost 20 years, I believe, when you combine the number of iterations he had as a, as a business owner. An interesting, it was an interesting kind of pivot because in that discussion, as an architecture firm, there's still a federal government contractor. There are still a federal a company leveraging federal resources as well as state and local resources to perform the work that they do. And a lot of that conversation was around sustainment and what it takes to, to have a small business and grow a small business over the course of you know, 15 to 20 years and, and some of those conversations around resourcing and diversification of your types of contracts and how you staff those contracts and, and how you, you know, develop those relationships that sustain over time to be able to continue to grow your business. And I think a lot of that conversation was, you know, small incremental growth. There was no, you know, 70 person contract that tipped the scales that was really standing the test of time and the resources it took to to do so. And we followed that up with a conversation around resources with Ms. Sherlyn and the Wombleban Dickinson group. Um, very interesting conversation there as well, because a lot of that conversation was understanding how to leverage resources like legal support, like contract support. Um, it was very eye-opening in hearing it from the perspective of someone that has lived and breathed GovCon, knows it backwards and forwards, and is actually working on the legal side of the house and um, hearing her say that, you know, she's not meant to work with everyone. She was very kind of candid. It was a very candid conversation about the matchmaking and what's important um, in terms of identifying the kinds of resources you need, as well as the kinds of personalities that you can work with. Um, And I think a lot of the conversation there as well was about being prepared so that when you do reach out to these resources, you know exactly what you may not know exactly what you need, but you know what you're looking for and the kind of gaps that you have. And so that you can have a meaningful conversation to establish those relationships and actually get the work done that, that you need. And part of that, part of our discussion was looking at teaming agreements, understanding contract agreements and things of that nature as you start growing and working with larger businesses. And believe it or not, folks, we didn't go into these conversations knowing that they would fit so well into each other. But I think as Tasha and I are getting better at this, <laughs> it, it, it worked out quite nicely because the, the, the very next conversation that we had, our next guest, Ms. Bianca Barrios from TechNAP, talking specifically about work, large businesses partnering with small businesses and that prime-sub relationship and being prepared for that partnership, which, you know, if you kind of listen to it in tandem with Ms. LeBon's conversation about understanding what you're getting into, how to grow your business, how to negotiate contracts, or identify resources that can help negotiate on your behalf, 
that same level of preparedness really came out in the conversation with Bianca regarding how to prepare your business to work with large businesses and, and what to bring to the table to make that a meaningful relationship. Yeah. And another good tie-in, I guess, to our next guest, which is about proposals, because anytime you do anything with any larger firm with the partnership, you have to bring something to the table. And usually when there's any type of pursuit or capture that's happening, it's towards a proposal. And so we had a very good conversation with Ms. Joy Founts with Founts Associates about, you know, all the noise around what to do for proposals, like what's the right information and that you should use and, and how do you make it actionable and effective for your business? Because there's a lot, that's a lot happening in in the proposal world in GovCon. Do you take a, a, a DIY approach as Yaz had explained, something that she's very akin to when it comes to her home, but it may not be necessarily the best approach when it comes to trying to grow your business within this space. And especially in a component of activity that has to happen for growth, which is proposals. If that's something you don't have a background in, you're not the best at writing, or who knows, maybe you just got too much going on and you need someone else to ensure that you're staying on schedule and you're compliant and meeting all the needs so that you can win. Proposals are critical to bringing in work, whether it's a, a full-on RFP response as a prime or a sub, or if you're trying to direct an opportunity or a simplified acquisition, um, you still have to write something. And that was something that came out in that conversation because uh, we often hear, you know, why why do I have to go out and do all this proposal stuff? I don't need to have a library. I don't need to do all this writing. I'm just going to get a direct award or I'm going to do a set aside. There's still some writing that has to happen. And so we went into that on on in that conversation. We also had a couple of additional, you know, co-host only episodes where we kind of tied in and doubled down on some of the things that we had been stating both in the spring and this fall season. And, you know, that I think was quite comprehensive. It was a full season. When juxtaposed against the first season in the spring, we only had seven episodes. We actually did, what, 12, 13 episodes this season. So we had an actual full season, one episode a week for the full the the full fall season, which was which yeah. was the goal. So goal achieved. I'll take goal that. Achieved. <laughs> goal achieved. And even in, in, in all of our conversations, I think there were, a number of things that I took as, as key takeaways because they were recurring themes um, throughout the discussion with almost all of our guests um, and business owners. And I, I would I it would impress upon the audience to really take some of these things to heart and see where, you know, do a, a internal evaluation of, of your own business um, while things are I would like to say, while well, things are kind of a little bit more low key during the holiday season, but that's really not a true statement because <laughs> there are major solicitations out right now. Yes. And the government is notorious for dropping solicitations right before Thanksgiving that are due sometime right around New Year's. I know there are rounds of orals going on for different organizations. So I would like to say <laughs> that it's a you know slow, slow time of year, but that's really not a true statement. But when time permits, and hopefully for everyone, there is a window uh, and a little bit of a time that frees up for you to kind of assess where you want to be with your business in, in the new year and how well you're achieving your goals. And, you know, 
to also bring in some of the themes that we saw over the course of this season and last season in terms of being patient and, and, and persevering through what are some, unfortunately, lead long time, lead long lead times. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, for government contracts materializing and what that does to your bottom line and how that impacts your business, both financially and emotionally. It's a lot. So continuing to persevere and be patient, diversification was another topic that came up. And the balance of diversification, you know, being for the sake of diversification, where you're just going after everything versus diversification that is strategic in nature so that you're truly planning or attempting to do your best to plan and recalibrate for the future of your business and however that may be, whether that's diversification across customer sets. So you're looking at starting to look at state local or diversification across types of work that are, you know, tangential, but still related to the work you do. Um, And the other one I would highlight, Tasha, is learning how to to best utilize your resources. And that kind of popped up in a number of different ways, whether that was outsourcing certain components, whether that was understanding what a good fit looks like for your business in terms of, you know, keeping things internal versus outsourcing free resources, as I think that was, you know, Larry highlighted how many free resources. Again, I know. Government funding. I know. I know what's coming. (laughs) I know. That's what I meant. Government funded resources that are available to small businesses, but utilizing your resources and, and playing around kind of with that timing of how you inject some of those resources into your business to help ease kind of the pain of transitioning, growing, sustaining. And that's, and hopefully you all had some of those t- same takeaways and others as you listen throughout, throughout the season. Yeah. And I would only add one other one and it wasn't, I don't think we had like a, a focused conversation about it per se, but it kind of was there always, I think like underneath the surface and that's, mental health and wellness and welfare for small business owners. It's, it's, that is real. <laughs> it is like so volatile right now on every plane, it seems. And it's difficult. And some people on top of all the, the financial, economic, you know, network, they're probably having family issues, health issues, like all these different things. So we did, we did touch on and talk about that in several episodes. And I think the most prevalent one, I think that pops and keeps popping into mind is, is with Mr. Webb with SBA, the, talking about how, you know, both industry and government's been impacted with what's going on with the court cases and stuff against the disadvantaged programs. And so we covered quite a bit of ground, like a lot of ground, actually. And Absolutely. with that, you definitely, definitely don't want to miss our next season. We're going to have many, many, many more stories from small businesses and perspectives from large partners, as well as government representatives. And for our small businesses, you know, I really want to put more emphasis on more in-depth stories. That storytelling piece, I think, helps not only the experience, but the lessons click a little bit better. I think the storytelling method does work well for that. And so I want to do more in-depth stories from our small businesses. We have lined up some additional new agency reps. And so learning more about the various government agencies and having their um, representatives, whether it's from the small business office or acquisitions, come on and talk to us 
and not do the the stereotypical conversations that you hear at the small business events, but you know the reality, the real stuff that the types of questions that we try to get into here on this podcast, as well as we're we're gonna have availability to access you know our content on new social media platforms that is forthcoming an enhancement there, which is really exciting. And and last but definitely not least is collaborations with other GovCon podcasters. We're going to be doing a bit more of that in 24, which is exciting, having those collaborations, sponsorships, and things of that nature so we can scale and really bring more value-adding information and opportunities to our audience. Yeah, just to, to add to some of the topics specifically, um, we're looking uh, to really dig into corporate accounting a little bit more. Uh, we've talked about financial viability and, and how that relates to pipelines and business development and growth strategy. But we want to dig into that uh, specifically from an accounting standpoint and managing cash flow effectively and what those lead times do to your financial viability and how to plan for that, specifically in the GovCon space. Contract specialists, understanding key regulations. I'd can't promise that that's going to be our most riveting episode, but it's definitely going to be <laughs> something worth listening to because it impacts all of us, whether you like it or not. There's no getting around it or away from it. TMMC is another one of those things that is going to be unilaterally impactful across the industry, already has been and will continue to, 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 to do so. So we want to dig in with some compliance specialists uh, around TMMC and dig more into that cyber front. Yeah, especially um, just to just to jump in on that one too. Um, just because I heard some recent updates about CMMC, they've made some decisions, and it's definitely coming down the pike in twenty five for contracts, yes. hot and heavy. And so I think the timing is perfect because in twenty four, if you haven't already started to navigate that process and get your business ready, if you plan to do business, definitely in defense and in FedSiv on the federal side of the house. You got to get your house in order uh, on from a cybersecurity perspective. And even if you're not, if you're just on the sled, like state, local education or commercial side, it benefits you just as much because they are adopting a lot of the cyber practices that are starting to happen with CMMC and within the just within the federal ecosystem because of all of the cyber issues that have been, you know, happening and and actually increasing as our technology changes and access to technology shifts. And for those listening that provide cybersecurity resources, if you haven't already, this is a great time to incentivize your employees as well as potentially carve out, you know, a practice area to offer CMMC related services. I mean, they're going to be obviously an uptick in businesses that are looking for others to help them meet the mark for this. So this is a good time for everybody, whether you're the one doing the work, offering services, offering you know expertise, um, everyone needs to be aware. So we're gonna dig into that more. Um, human capital management is another interesting topic that we've talked about in terms of just the importance of resourcing and you know managing your projects and staffing, but really bringing in HR staff to really dive into hiring, staffing, recruiting, um, considerations when ramping up or down and transitioning projects, best practices for those that are interviewing and looking for new opportunities, coming directly from the people that are doing typically the first round of interviews and the ones looking at your resume and helping with screening. So looking forward to that conversation as well, because I think it'll be very helpful for those 
doing their own kind of HR and staffing in-house, as well as our listeners that are potentially, you know, considering transitioning back into some other line of work. So it never hurts to, to get the inside scoop on, on staffing, recruiting in, in that element of the, the, the back office. Influences in GovCon. This is an interesting topic that we're even still flushing out mm. in terms of how we're going to approach this. There are a lot of lobbyists <laughs> and, and advocates of small business in the legislative and policy branch of the government. And I don't think it's something that we generally talk about very much. There's a, the free social media influencers, and it's a hot topic depending upon who you're talking to, especially here in D.C., so we, we do want to talk about that. There's a lot going on in the background for those that work specifically day in, day out to lobby for small businesses and the growth of small businesses and the presence of small business and government contracting. So an interesting topic there. I'm really excited. Probably going to spend more than one episode just due to the, the nature of that beast. And then also working abroad. Um, there's a very large industry that, unless you're in it, kind of like the Intel side, not a lot of people talk about, but there are a lot of business um, opportunities for working overseas for agencies like aid and state department um, and other branches within the government that specifically contract out uh, work that is overseas. Um, and talking about what that looks like and how you prepare your business to work overseas and whether or not that's a market that works for potentially your business and some of the lessons learned and hurdles and, and working overseas and staffing for overseas contracts. So some great topics coming up for next season. We're really mm -hmm. excited about, and as always interested um, in feedback from you, our audience for other topics that you guys would like to hear about. And also we are always looking to get new guests and would love to have guests that are from across the, the country. You know, we are in the D.C. metro area and tend to have a lot of businesses that either are based here within the Beltway, the D.C. metro the area, D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. But we are not, you know, focused just on that area. We would we do welcome businesses who are headquartered in other states, maybe some of those congressional districts that aren't getting most of the small business dollar spends. It'll be great to have some conversations with you. And you can always check our show notes and fill out the form to be to be a guest on the podcast. So please do that if that's something you're interested in. And with that, we hope you will visit or revisit episodes from this year that you really enjoyed, or maybe even catch up, you know, on one that you may have missed and come back to join us in the spring for an amazing lineup of stories, guests, events, and opportunities. I also want to say happy holidays. We are in the holiday season. As y'all stated, there's plenty of us doing double duty with <laughs> proposals and you got end of year prep, planning, closeout. But please, please, please take time to celebrate the holidays, whether it's St. Nicholas Day, you know, the Immaculate Conception Day, and forgive me if I mess this up, but Boldy Day, Feast Day of Our Lady Guadalupe, Hanukkah, Yule, Kwanzaa, Christmas, Boxing Day for our, our, our UK folks and, and, and Happy New Year's. And if I missed anybody's special day, you know, charge it to my head, not my heart. It's not intentional. 
Happy whatever that day is too. All the days. All the days. All the holidays. All the holidays. And a special thanks to all of our guests over this season. Again, we want to shout everyone out because we really appreciate you all joining us. Larry Webb from SBA, Director of Amato, Romeo Gardner, CEO of Nilos, Kevin Mitchell, the Director of Ozdebu for Department of Education, Nikki Rogers from the Bladen Group, Mr. Ronnie McGee, the CEO and Principal at R. McGee and Associates, Sherlyn Harley LeBon from the Womble Bond Dickinson Group, Bianca Berrios from the Texanap team, Joy Font from Fonts Associates. And I don't think, I think I got everybody. Thank you all for joining yes. us. And thank you all for listening. Well, we got, we have one more go back because we definitely have to, to thank Jay for editing on our behalf. And Jay, we're going to put your information in our show notes. So if anybody is looking for, you know, support or whatever, Jay is Jay has been editing for us for the this this first year of our kickoff. And we really appreciate her and her efforts. We also couldn't do this without our team, Sydney Corley and Simone Fenner, who do all of the postings and all of the artwork for the episodes and everything. They put in a tedious amount of hours to make sure that this this happens. And so we just want to say thank you. Yes, big thanks to those behind the scenes as well as in front of the scenes that, that make this work. And thank you, most importantly, to our listeners. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. Thank you for joining us on Unveiled, GovCon Stories, a High 39 media production with your host, Tasha and Yas. Again, subscribe, like, share, spread the word, submit your information if you're interested in joining, or submit some information if you have ideas, positive and negative feedback, whatever it may be. We, we want to hear from, from you all, our listeners. Thanks again and have a great holiday season. Bye.